Hi, and welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast, where we sit, eat, chat, and repeat. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong, and we are coming to you from Austin, Texas. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants, stores, butchers, farmers markets, and more who are using organic, fresh, artisanal, and local sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. All right, we have a great episode today, guys. I have Mark Henry in the house. That's right, the legendary strongman, Olympian, wrestler, powerlifter, deadlifter, poof, badass. Mark Henry, okay? Yes, he's from Texas, just outside of Beaumont. Little bitty town called, let me see here, Silsby, Texas. That's what it's called. Um, And we're going to talk to Mark just about, you know, kind of stuff you used to eat to sort of train, um, you know, for lifting. And uh, gosh, he has done so many things. He's such an amazing athlete. I mean, he's a legend. He holds world records. I honestly can't believe I'm talking to him. Um, I feel very honored and grateful and blessed <laughs> to have this conversation with him. But we're going to get, he loves cooking and he loves food. And we're going to get down and dirty with him about food and cooking and, you know, uh, what he likes to eat and those sorts of things. And how, you know, what kind of stuff did he eat to train to be able to lift that? I saw him lift a car, a two and a half ton car. Okay, a video of that. Like, what do you need to eat to be able to do that? <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're just going to get down, uh, about that and, and, you know, what, what he likes to eat. So, okay. Great episode guys. Sit back, enjoy the episode. Mark Henry, amazing guy, amazing conversation. Enjoy. That's right, baby. I'm all about cassettes, man. I love cassettes. It's something about it. (laughs) Man, when I was in college, I used to make slow jam tapes for the girls. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. I, I, you know, I tried that a few times. It never went over well. It was like, I wanted, I, the, I, I wanted to be the DJ doing the quiet storm. <laughs> Remember the days you'd have to like wait the radio state, you know what I mean? You have to wait for the, the DJ to finish talking, hit record. Yeah. Wait all yeah. night for that song. You'd just be waiting and waiting for that song to come on. Uh, gosh, I remember those days. And they would yeah. tell you when the song was going to come yeah, on. Yeah, he, yeah, He's coming out at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I'll be playing that, so keep close. And yeah. then I used to always wait on. Me too, man. That's how you put the best songs together. Well, that was the way you didn't have to go buy them all. You know, you could. Uh, th- that's how we downloaded uh, back in the day. Yeah, that, that was downloaded. <laughs> that was downloaded. <laughs> Uh, so look, um, you know, Mark, again, you know, thank you so much for joining us, man. I, I know you got busy schedule. I'm sure you do a lot of things, but maybe not so much right now with, with the lockdown and everything, man, I'm doing four shows right now. Really? Look at you. I was on backstage last night on Fox sports. One is the only live, t- uh, tape the live television program that I'm doing. Uh, I do my show today at noon. Uh, which we start prepping in an hour. Which show uh, is that? Is that the Busted Open or the Not a Sports Show? That's Not a Sports Show. <laughs> Love and that. And on Friday and Saturday, I do Busted Open on Sirius XM. So I'm, I'm staying pretty busy. Look at you, man. Yeah, I love the not a sports show idea because honestly, that's sort of this podcast. Like we're not a typical food podcast in a sense. We come on and it sort of starts there and then just wherever things go, you know, we sort of leave it open. But food is the 
the the glue conduit yeah the, the conduit exactly maybe we should call this not a food show i love i love i love uh, you started <laughs> something I'm about to sue you. you get <laughs> hey getting sued by mark henry i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it man. Uh, so look man let's talk about food right yeah i know you love food i love food great great thing to talk about i'm curious first of all let's just start with what have you been eating sort of during the lockdown and stuff has that sort of changed you know what, what you've been doing you know it's, it's changed a lot we we ate out a lot and you know austin is a breeding ground for great great restaurants and um we decided that we we're going to start cooking more and it's it's been fun man you know you make a pot of beans the last for a couple of days and you make some chili the last for a couple of days uh, my wife is uh quick to get in and make tacos uh of, of any kind you know so uh we've been doing good there but i i mean that last night was a sushi night so we had to go to you know the sushi spot that we found uh actually since the pandemic we went there maybe a week before the pandemic hit and now we're addicted to it so uh, that's a good place and um i'm a barbecue guy man like i i'll, I'll still go out and get barbecue and bring it home and man it's it's been it's been pretty cool to me what kind of like when you say you're into barbecue like what are your i don't know this is gonna be tough but what's your top three spots here locally to get some barbecue if you had to oh my gosh my my top three um <sighs> it's tough i, I know have, right it's <laughs> tough it's hard it's I, I would have to say i would still say that going to um uh smitty's is you know it's really not in austin proper but um smitty styles and blacks blacks a, yeah um i like franklin's too um you can't go wrong with them um man you know if you go out the spot i'm, I'm a i'll travel for barbecue yeah well, I'll go to Taylor, which they're closed now, but uh, I'll still go out to um, to Spicewood, and um, Spicewood has got a, a a real good spot out there. Um, is that the best? Like, what? What? Let's let's care. What is the best absolute barbecue? Just mouth watering for you, you know, you, you know, here in Texas. What do you think? That's have a tough one, right? The, have you been to the Truth Barbecue? No, I never even heard of that. Like, there's a there's a place out going towards Houston on uh, 290 uh, called the Truth. And <laughs> what a they, what a great name! <laughs> man, they they are really the truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lee, you can go up the you can go up the Taylor, uh, like I said, and uh, Louis Mueller is hard to beat um the consistency is is 100 i mean you you know that you're going to get good barbecue when you go there and i guess i've only been there once and i would have to say they had the best brisket i ever had oh wow and that snows snows there's a place called snows and it's just you know you have to go. To, it's a pilgrimage. You gotta yeah. <laughs> you gotta leave your, you gotta leave your house at nine a.m. and wait in line 
and the line is usually a hundred people deep Oof. and sometimes they'll be sold out of brisket. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> it's, it's that good. You, you just got to make an event out of it. Yeah. That's the best barbecue, right? Like they're going to sell out. That's, that's good barbecue, right? They, oh yeah. They, you know, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, do you want to go to a barbecue place where, you know, it's, it's, it's not highly regarded and, 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 uh, the people don't come out like you, you want to go places where they have to keep cooking because it's going to sell out and you want it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what makes a good barbecue to you? Are you looking for, is there a specific tie, like consistency of, I don't know, the, the smoke ring, you like tenderness, do you like heavy char, you know, or do you just, you know, worry about, I don't know, the flavor of it. You don't even think about that. I don't know. All of the above. All of the above, the, yeah. The number, the number one thing is the tenderness of the meat. And uh, the second thing would probably be the, uh, the crust. Yeah. And in Texas, it's pretty, you know, rudimentary what the, uh, uh, what the crust is. It's salt, heavily big grind, pepper, and... Uh, and salt and you a little garlic powder a little paprika a, a little bit of uh, of onion spice we don't we don't really do uh, cumin and there's, there is a couple of places that do more of a, a cumin curry uh, Middle Eastern type of flair but uh, for the most part you don't get that in Texas it's, it's pecan wood post yeah. stove, you know, make a good charcoal. And, um, and you want to make sure that you have that Texas style crust, you know, we're, we're not putting coffee in, in, <laughs> in the with salt and pepper. He's hipsters, paprika, dude. Onion powder and garlic powder. And every now and then, you know, they'll throw a little brown sugar in there. But for the most part, we don't do the sweet barbecue. Yeah, that's right, man. There is a, you know, there is a distinct difference, right, between barbecue from wherever you go. I, personally, it's what I love about Texas is you can get great barbecue just everywhere. I mean, it's just like it's everywhere, you know, just amazing places. And anybody you ask what their favorite place is, you, you hear a lot of different places. I actually enjoy that. I prefer people not to just name Franklin's right away. You know, oh, Franklin's, which it is great. Um but there's so many great places, right? To just do it. Man, like the gas know. station barbecue is yeah. great in Texas. Yeah. I mean, you can go to Bucky's. You can go to Rudy's barbecue. Rudy's barbecue is as good as, as you can get in a gas station or not just in a gas station. I would put Rudy's in my proper, in my Austin proper, uh, Rudy's barbecue would be uh, in my top five. And that's not because uh, I did the first commercial for them <laughs> and, and helped them not because of that yeah. property, you know? So, I mean, it's, I, I love that barbecue. That chicken is really good and tender and um, the ribs are always, the consistency is another thing that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, is it going to be the same every time? Yeah. And, it's the same every time, and they've got it down to a science. The moist brisket is as good as you can get. Uh, when it comes, I'm I'm really fickle about sausage, and 
I actually like to do my own sauce. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, That's, I would rather, a lot of people rather, don't do that. Yeah. And and I'm not a fennel seed guy. You, you don't have to put fennel and um, like this, the, the whole floral sure. deal. I want to taste the meat. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you put some spices in, mostly aromatics, you know, but uh, I'm not putting lemon zest in. You know, <laughs> I'm not the foo-foo guy, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm, listen. I love that. I am brass tacks. I, I mean. Texas Southern Barbecue. And if you have some good sides, that's fine. If listen, Martin, no, really, nobody is confusing you with a foo-foo guy. I promise you, like. You not know. gonna, not not good for me. Yeah, it's like, oh, does Mark Henry put lemon zest in his sausage? You're like, yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, I, I do, good. I do like a, a good dessert at at a barbecue place. You know, it's traditional kind of to have uh, key like lime maybe pudding. or yeah, banana pudding maybe yeah, you know, pecan bars or something. You know. Yeah. I'm not a big dessert guy, to, to be honest with you, for some reason. I don't know. Like, I'm all about the main attraction. Man, you should have grew up in East Texas. You know, if you, man, you go to East Texas, every place you went had pound cake. Just, and, just pound cake. Oh, man, God. you cannot beat a good pound cake or a good banana pudding. That's true. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Look, I like, I like pound cake with a cup of coffee. You know, that's sort of... <laughs> Man, I have pound cake with some pound cake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no coffee. I don't need I, no tea. I don't need a glass of milk. I love pound cake. I love it. <laughs> so you did, yeah, you grew up in East Texas, just outside of Boma, right? In a place, I never heard of this place. Silsby, Silsby. Texas. Yeah, Silsby. Never heard of that. I love hearing all <laughs> these new, new town. You know, I've lived in Texas my whole life. Like, I always hear new towns. It's crazy. Well, you got to, if you were a sports fan, then you would have to get down to East Texas because uh, in the in the 80s, um, basketball-wise and football-wise, uh, between Port Arthur Lincoln and uh, West Orange Stark, they won probably about 10 championships combined. Oh, um, God. And, you know, I mean, just in my district, uh, we had Silsby, Jasper, and West Orange Stark. And all three teams are ranked in the top 10. So, I mean, it's like in one district. Wow. So you're only going to have one team come out. Wow. And it, it was almost not fair because <laughs> you would have thought we would have beat most of Texas, but that's not the way it works. But um, there's always been really good food, you know, me growing up. Uh, not to mention uh, a lot of people in Silsby would come to Waldo Park because my mom, you know, her version of a food truck uh, didn't have a truck, but she used to go set up fryers and um, and sell food in the park, you know, on the weekend. And oh wow, that was the beginning of me, you know, starting to cook and uh, learn how to cook because I did a lot of her prep work uh, on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, mornings and we would go set up in the park uh, like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And then by 10 o'clock, 
you know, it was, you know, breakfast sandwiches and, you know, by noon it was, you know, frying fish, frying chicken, uh, making burgers, like, you know, just stuff that a little kid probably should be, you know, the one in the park playing. But <laughs> I, was, I was working with my mom, man. Like it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. You were a sous chef. You were sous chef and for your mom. Yeah. For a that's long it. time. That's it, man. That's about awesome. 15 years. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, you know, probably we're on the, the best payroll for her, right? Free labor. Free. That's a, right. That's what I would be thinking if I was your but mom. You know oh, what, great. man? I, I, I don't, it wasn't really free all the time because like, you know, I had demands. <laughs> I'd keep that pound cake coming. And you know, when that the first chicken that came off, I wanted it. And <laughs> and if I said, you know, I want gumbo or if I wanted something, my mom would always make it. Anything. It didn't matter. And uh she would be like, Look, you need to come over here and see what I'm doing. So you can do this on your own. Yeah. And that's basically how I learned to cook. That's awesome, man. Wow, what an incredible experience. Man, I wish somebody would set up at my park down the street and sell some food like that. Like, that's definitely not happening. Didn't need a license, nothing. The good old days, the, right? Like, Listen, the police would come by, the fire trucks would come by. Everybody in my town, like, I mean, people would come from out of town. Oh, wow. You know? To uh, to get her burgers, she's man. I don't I don't know how she didn't um, how she did it with the money that she made, but uh, she did it as a labor of love, man. Like yeah, you know I would I would have raised the prices up at least <laughs> you know twenty percent. There's the business mind of Mark Henry coming out right, like <laughs> I love that. She, she would have been she would have been great here in Austin, man. And and soul food, like, you know, that's kind of the staple, you know, being an African American man and growing up in, in, in rural East Texas, you know, like how do you take something that's not a prime cut of meat and you make it good to where people go, Whoa, what what did you do to this? And uh sometimes it was cooking it slow and over a longer period of time, kind of like a stew or a roast. Um, but for the most part, I, I always like barbecue. Or I like uh, frying everything. You know, I, the only thing I ever roasted was chicken and turkeys. And that was usually like a Sunday thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or a holiday or something, right? Yeah, yeah. like a holiday with yeah. the turkey. Yeah. And, um, they didn't have, I wish that the whole beer chicken would have been a thing uh, when I was growing up because I loved that. Yeah, right. All up a Foster's can and, you know, violate the chicken and let it steam <laughs> through whatever aromatics and uh, put a Marquois inside the chicken and, and let it just steam through. You know, stuff like that is, is kind of like, you know, what I really like. Yeah, that's, you know, it's just getting creative with, with the food, right? Like, eventually you have something one way so much, you might as well come up with another way to, you know, to make it or whatever. Yeah, uh, what and, You know what? And, I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, go ahead. You know, people, like, invent different styles of uh, what to cook. And 
when when you do that, you know, it's good for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we need chefs for. You know, that's what a true chef is for to sort of present something to you. This is what a good chef that I worked with a long time ago said to me. And he said, look, the idea is to present something familiar with a twist. That's it. That's it. That's all he said. He said, that's it. You you want to meet people somewhere in the middle, at least at the beginning when you get to know them as a clientele. Right now, as you progress as a restaurant or a brand, you can start to expand a lot more because you've built a relationship with them. And now I could start to wow you maybe a little bit more. But at the beginning, definitely for sure, it's about a little bit of familiarity and just kind of, you know, trust me, you know, with this. You know, I know I said chicken fried steak, but we're going to elevate it and, you know, give it a little whatever uh, to make it more exciting, which. It's great. I'm all about that stuff, man. I, I love going to new places. I never tried, um, you know, to be honest, I don't really like going back to the same place again. I'm really kind of weird that way, unless it's a taco place. Then um, I'm there all the time. Barbecue. I like taco barbecue, you know, the same places over and over again. You said your wife cooks a lot of tacos. First of all, that's just amazing and great. Uh, you know, that's awesome. Uh, what What kind of tacos do you guys you know, if you go out to eat, like what kind of tacos do you guys like to get? Are you guys like fish tacos? You like, I don't know. Man, I'm, it's beef and carne asada type. You know, I'm, I'm a, it's hard to get like my, my favorite taco. Um, you know, I, I just like regular steak. Yeah. Tacos. Yeah. And um, chicken and fish. Uh, kind of would kind of drift into that foo foo area for me, <laughs> but we did a fast, and she did like some tacos with this. Um, it wasn't real meat; it was plant based. Oh, um, okay, yeah. That, and she also did eggplant, which I thought were pretty damn good, actually. I mean, it it didn't uh, it wasn't meat, but it was it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good enough when you uh, when you haven't eaten real food in three days. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So you so so you obviously are not a vegan or a vegetarian. No sir, no sir. Uh, I am a carnivore at heart, and um, I refuse to uh, subscribe to the you know, we got to stop eating meat. Yeah, I'm just uh, it's never going to happen. I agree. And I mean, I do realize I'm getting older and you got to limit sure. uh, how much red meat you eat, but um, I'm not going to stop eating red meat. Have you, you've always been this way, right? You've always eaten meat. I have, I have yeah. since, you know, a little kid, you know, making pot roast and, you know, you mentioned uh, chicken fried steaks. Um, there, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And, yeah. Uh, I recently, through a trip to New Orleans, uh, probably, well, I guess I can't say recently because it's a, about a five-year span, <laughs> got introduced to uh, wet batter and wet batter chicken yeah. and uh, a wet batter chicken fried steak. And uh, basically, you would make it's not quite a pancake batter because it's a lot thinner. Uh, but 
there's a place in New Orleans called Willie Mae's Scotch House. And if you're ever in New Orleans and you go to Willie Mae's, get ready for about a 30, 45 minute wait minimum. Oh, wow. Because the line is down the block. <laughs> wow. That's how good this place is. And it's hot and you're sweating and you just enjoy it. Just have a conversation because you know the end result is you're going to get to eat at Willie Mays. <laughs> I love it. I don't, mind, a, I don't mind waiting. Oh, I don't either. And they make a wet batter fried chicken and wet batter chicken fried steak that you know, it's, they, they dredge it like any other chicken fried steak, but then the last dredge is in there. Uh, in the batter. Wet batter. So they're and doing both. They're doing the dry dredge, right, with, uh, you know, different places use different things. But, yeah, okay. Cornstarch, yeah, flour people, mix. A lot of people use like an egg uh, wash. Like sure, that. egg wash. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not about that life. Yeah, uh, I, I like just a simple dredge and, um, you know, like a a seasoned dredge. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to duplicate um, the what Willie Mays does, but I've I've tried it and it was good, but it wasn't Willie Mays. It was it wasn't Willie Mays. Well, there's a reason, right? They got to protect that secret. Like, you know, I'm I'm curious, like, uh, what what sort of meal plans you were on when you were training you know especially like back in the 90s you know and even up into the 2000s even up until now but like did you ever put in your mind like a specific i have to eat you know i'm sure you had i don't know did you have nutritionists and a dietitian or anything like that like helping you yeah i did when i when i came to austin uh i moved in with jan and terry todd who were the professors kinesiology professor at the University of Texas. Oh, wow. They, they pretty much found me and said, look, I know you love football. I know you love basketball, but look, you're never going to play in the NBA and playing in the NFL is going to beat your body up. You should be the strongest guy on the planet. Like focus (laughs) your attention on that and you'll, you'll be able to be somebody that people will know for centuries. And I love lifting and, you know, I was pushed that direction and, and I did it. And I, I mean, I, I, I've loved every minute of uh, being the strongest human being on the planet. And uh, Jan would cook and we would go to restaurants where I would probably consume anywhere from uh, 3,500 calories to, you know, 5,000 calories a day. Wow. So I was eating a lot, a lot of food yeah. because I needed protein, but I also needed the carbs uh, for my workouts. You know, my workouts were varied from three hours to five hours a day. Did it and, matter what you ate or you just wanted the calories? It, it matters. It always matters. You know, I, I did. I've never had a problem eating uh, green vegetables. Yeah. And uh, you need the nutrients that come with that, but also uh, I was eating a whole chicken and, uh, you know, 40 ounces of steak. And wow. uh, I remember going to um, a fried catfish place here in Austin and I ate six fish catfish fillets. 
And the guy was like, man, I I've never seen anybody eat that much. And I had fries and greens <laughs> and gumbo. I, 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 I did it big. That's oh, funny. man. The guy was like, man, listen. He was like, I'm glad that you're paying and we ain't paying <laughs> you. You would be an expensive comp. Oh, I'm glad you're paying. I love that he said that. Love- it was funny, man. But I, I, I always went to Austin. Always had a bunch of restaurants that you know you can go and and eat, and uh, the prices were pretty good in, yeah. uh, in the '90s. And I mean, of course, Austin is like you know the food capital of America now. Uh, especially with the gastro pubs and yeah, um, with the eclectic, you know, restaurants like Contigo and uh, Swift's Attic and all of those that are the like. Um, I, I always loved the I, I duck, you know, like oh you know, god, you, yes. There's so many. There's so many that uh, that that Austin has that. You could just you could just go any day of the week. You know, the you want the best biscuit in a restaurant? Like if a red lobster biscuit and a Popeye's biscuit had a baby biscuit. <laughs> <and> <laughs> you can you can find that biscuit here in Austin. You just you know, you just have to Drift downtown, you know, like a lot of people like, man, it's hard to get downtown now. You know, I I don't know, man. I, I don't I think right now wherever the good food is, it's kind of worth the trek. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So you're putting it in your body, right? Like it's like I, I make a big deal out of meals. I mean, I know I'm skinny and everything, but like this is just my metabolism. I actually eat a lot. Um I love eating. It's like I plan my whole day around eating when I travel. Everything's around eating. Where are we going to eat lunch? Where are yep. we going to eat dinner? Right? Like, what part of town are we going to be in? Like, we need to go to this place, this place. And then people always say, well, what, how do you know where the good places to go is? Where the people are at. It's real simple. Yeah. I mean, that's what I look for, the long lines like you were talking about earlier. i tell you, if you want to find good food, um, follow around somebody that's about 250 350 pounds. They're going to lead you to where to get food. <laughs> like, sir, why, why are you following me? I, you know. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to get hungry. Yeah, again, exactly. Like, I'm just waiting for you to get know, hungry. Yeah. I'll, I'll know where I'm. <laughs> oh, man. Now we're just stalking people on the streets, right? Just go to get some food. Uh, I love that. So what? So I'm curious. So look, you're not a vegan, you're not a vegetarian, but what do you think about those lifestyles? I know that nowadays there are, there was this documentary last year called Game Changers, right? It kind of showed this thing about athletes and being vegan and vegetarians, like this new way to go to be an athlete. And I'm just curious, you know, what you think about that. The, the biggest part of a plant-based diet when it comes to athletics is you build up a lot of lactic acid in the body when you train or do a, any kind of sports performance, uh, which makes you, um, you know, lethargic. And also you, 
you tend to have a, a, a tough time uh, when you train really hard of replenishing your body with the electrolytes and vitamins and nutrients that it takes to keep the body going. Um, the plant-based life, uh, you also don't get as much uh, inflammation because the body, the, you know, eating red meat and um, consuming a lot of proteins uh, also allows you to be more inflamed. And okay. when you go to a plant-based diet, you eliminate the inflammation and you also eliminate a lot of the lactic acid buildup because of the proteins in the muscle. Uh, I, I love the fact that there are people that are willing to um, take those steps to be more healthy. Um, but you, I think you sacrifice energy for training and I think you sacrifice uh, the power for building muscle. Okay. If you're already there, then you don't have a problem. You already got the muscle that you need. You need uh, to maintain. Interesting. But okay. If you're trying to get there, you, you're going to need to have protein, um, whether it's, you know, liquid proteins or powdered protein, or you're going to have to eat meat. Nonetheless, you're going to have to consume at least 50 grams of protein a day to uh, to start to build the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's so... I mean, was that around in the 90s? Were people like vegan and vegetarian in the sporting, you know, not, world? Not as much as... I mean, you would find a few because there's people that just didn't eat meat. I mean, yeah. I remember uh, talking to Herschel Walker and Herschel Walker... Um, said, man, I, I, I'll get my protein in, but, you know, I eat a lot of fish and uh, I, I eat a lot of chicken breasts and uh, get lean protein. You know, if I eat a steak, uh, I'm, I'm not eating ribeyes and fillets. I'm, I'm kind of sticking to a New York strip and, you know, and I won't even eat that very often. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, uh, People were doing the rocky uh, protein intakes, making uh, protein shakes and have, putting six eggs in raw <laughs> eggs. Yeah. That wasn't going to happen with me. You know, like I would, I would throw all that up. What a waste <laughs> of eggs. What a waste. Oh, man. That's hard to do, right? I ain't about that life. Yeah. <laughs> people saw the rocky movie. I bet you probably tried. You probably watched Rocky and was like, man, I'm going to go eat a raw egg. I, 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 I did try it. I've tried it too. I did not like it. And brother, man. No. I can't, I can't even eat oysters, like raw oysters. Oh, yeah. I, I know so many people that's like, oh, it's a delicacy. It's so good. It's great. <laughs> if, it's not, if it doesn't have cornmeal on it, I can't eat it. <laughs> Yeah, oysters, it's a texture thing. Look, I get it. Mussels, clams, I get it. Like uh, razor clams even, they can be, I get it. Trust me. I, I, that took yeah, me a little bit. Cornmeal on that. 
and some salt and pepper, man. You want, <laughs> some Tabasco, man. Just a little spice. That'll help. Yeah, too. put a little Tabasco in there. Right? Yeah. Get a little spice in there. So so basically, like when you're training, you you know, food is important to you and you're worried about your calorie, your, you know, what your intake is and everything. You know, I think what's important, Mark, too, to also stress to people is what I love about the history of yourself is I hope I'm saying this the right way, but you competed in drug free, you know, part of it, right, where you weren't enhancing yourself in any way, just all natural. Yeah, I, I always wanted to to do it the way that I did it. And it wasn't so much a fact that it was a moral compass or something like that. It just it it just didn't seem right. And yeah. I was not going to inject myself with anything. I'm I one, I'm needlephobic. <laughs> um and two, I just felt like it was cheating defeats the purpose of competition if you're going to cheat then go go compete and play against other cheaters yeah um that, that's that's your prerogative and I've, I've made some enemies i made some people hate me saying that and i don't care and there was a time in my life where i was competing and still, because I was me, I was able to still beat people that were cheating. But when wow. it came to the Olympic level, um, for me to place 10th and have guys, nine people beat me, I thought was disrespectful. I thought it was just completely and utterly wrong. Um, I talked to the Olympic Committee multiple times and said, listen, the guy got two positive drug tests in the last year, like kick him out of the Federation and they just wouldn't do it. And um, thus me in 96, after the Olympics, I, I quit Olympic weightlifting because um, I did not think that it was going to get better. And it's taken 25 years now for it to get better. Now, their drug testing, they just ousted uh, Thomas Ion from the, the international governing body for US for weightlifting, and they're changing the sport. And now we have Americans getting gold medals. And it took, you know, 20 plus years for that to happen. And I'm glad that it's happening. I just wish it would have happened 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you wouldn't have gone down the path that you went down, you know, past that, getting into wrestling and becoming just a massive, you know, global phenomenon, man. Like, you know, what was that like to go into something that I'm sure you watched on TV as a kid? Maybe I know I did, um, you know, to all of a sudden be with maybe some of your heroes, like competing with them. And, you know, that had to be crazy. You know, it was amazing, man. Like, from the first day that I went to Connecticut to WWE headquarters, uh, I was hooked. I was already a, a massive fan. Yeah. Um, I lived for pro wrestling. I waited for the Monday Night Raw and yeah. Saturday, Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, what's the cartoon? Superstars, Saturday Superstars. morning superstars. Yeah. And every now and then you get the pay-per-view. 
So, uh, <laughs> you know how many times as a kid, I begged, man, beg, please get the paper. And, you know, my mom didn't have $35 just to throw down and get the pay-per-views. So, like, it would be, like, five or six people in my neighborhood that we, you know, watch wrestling that would put money in. And and that was the watch, the beginning of the watch party. Uh, I, I'm, I've, I've been doing that for a long time. So uh, it's pretty cool to uh, be able to share that with some people that still today I, I talk to. That is awesome. Wow. What, how incredible. That's, that's honestly incredible. I mean, look, you're still in Texas, right? You're still living in Texas. You haven't forgotten about where you come from. That's awesome. No, not at all. That's awesome, man. Look, like that must have been just, I can't imagine, you know, was it like the showmanship of wrestling? Was it the physicalness? Was it the excitement? What was like, I want to do that? You know, it was a little bit of all of that. Uh, growing up, Vasily Alexia was the reason that I became a weightlifter. Is watching him at the Olympic Games and show off and, um, they they tell him to put the weight down. He would shake his head, no. It was like, <laughs> put it down. He's like, no. Like, I, I just love the showmanship. And when I got into wrestling, which was purely my grandmother, she was the one that loved pro wrestling. And we would travel and go watch wrestling matches. Uh, that was that was like the thing that made me love it. And I I never knew that it was even possible for me to be a wrestler. I didn't know how that worked. I wasn't exposed to to that world in any way. And it just so happens that by the grace of God, me saying that I was a wrestling fan enough and where I went, that the people that were responsible for running those uh, companies started reaching out to me and asking if I wanted to join. Yeah. you know, when Vince McMahon called me, um, the first time he called, I hung up because I thought it was one of my j- friends joking. <laughs> Holy cow. You wow. Know, you know, I, Terry, Terry Todd called me and said, hey, man, you hang up on Vince McMahon? And I was like, that was Vince for real? Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe you should take his call. <laughs> and, and we talked and laughed about it. And. <laughs> I went to Connecticut and I never left. Like that was, you know, uh, the WWE was home. Wow. That's incredible. That is just, I mean, you built an amazing, you know, career matches that the stuff I've seen you do is just absolutely phenomenal. Lift a two and a half ton car by just like getting into the seat too, just like wedging yourself in there, lifting up. I saw this one video just recently where you, there was the, uh, the soundboard guy or something and you just destroyed this whole like mixing board and speakers and and just tossed this guy like 15 feet through the air like I mean you know that was real like there were people that said oh he was on a cable that jerked him up and all no it looked real it looked like you tossed him like a rag doll I think that guy looked surprised like (laughs) And he was two. He was about two hundred and thirty pounds. You're and right. He wasn't a small guy. No, he wasn't a little dude. Um, that that was that was an impressive moment for me because people that I knew didn't know 
that you could do that to a human. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I tried my best to, to never hurt anybody. And um, I may have fallen short of that maybe once or twice in my life, but uh, for the most part, I, I took care of everybody. And, and even that guy, you know, like um, throwing him, um, he was able to hit a giant crash pad. So yeah, uh, I was like, don't be fearful. The, the crash pad will get you. <laughs> I was hit dead center of it. Nice. I, uh, that, that was a good, that was a good moment. For oh man. That, that was just, you know, incredible. What do you have like a best memory? I mean, I know that's gotta be tough, but you know, a best like match memory where you're just like, this is just the greatest match I ever, you know, fought. Yeah, I, I would have to say that, you know, WrestleMania 22, me versus The Undertaker in the street uh, was probably my best work um, from a ring standpoint. Yeah. Because of the competition. When you wrestle the best guy in the world and you main event WrestleMania, it, it don't get higher than that. Absolutely. Like, been to the mountaintop. I mean, absolutely. I guess if I was going to say from a, 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 ver, a verbal standpoint, uh, my retirement speech is going to is going to hang around the rafters for a long time. It was it was uh, it was pretty good work. I've had people call me that I didn't even know they how, I don't even know how they got my phone number. Uh, called me, Hulk Hogan called me and. He said, listen, nobody's ever got me before. I, I, I know the business and I know what's what. And uh, I just want to let you know you got me. I, I, I thought that you were really retiring. And the emotion that you, uh, you gave in that performance, you know, nobody, nobody would have said that, oh, this is going to be, a, there's going to be some kind of ruse to it. And, um, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that from her. That's awesome. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. That's gosh. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's gotta be incredible. Um, you know, did you Man, ever we might have to do, we might have to do a version two of this. Absolutely. We, we there's still a lot that's untouched. There's so much untouched, man. You know, uh, let's, let's, um, I know you probably got to, you know, I know you got to go, Mark. I know you got a lot of things going on. Um, I'm curious, uh, just one last final thing here, like for people, if you, if, if people want to, um, check you out, right. What, what should they right now, what you're doing, like what you have going on, what should they, what well, should they check out? The best way to, the best way to find me is I'm the Mark Henry on everything, social media at the Mark Henry or hashtag the Mark Henry, or you can go to markhenry.com. Um, and I'm, I have a uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. People can go to Pro Wrestling Tees and look up the Mark Henry store. Also, I'm on Cameo as well as Celeb VM for video messaging. Uh, I'm, I'm by myself enjoying talking to the fans and uh, answering their requests and them asking me to tell somebody to go to hell or <laughs> happy birthday or whatever. I, I do it all. That's and awesome. It, it's been a lot of fun, man, especially during this pandemic. 
Oh, I bet. Have interaction with the fans. So uh, definitely go to Cameo and Celeb BM. It's, it's the shows that I do on Busted Open uh, on Friday and Saturday on Sirius XM 156. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and all of the podcast uh, outlets for It's Not a Sports Show. <laughs> and uh, It's Not a Sports Show is kind of funny because, you know, we 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 changed the name like five times. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been fun, though. And we make a lot of jokes about it. But you can go on and look up at Not a Sports One. N-O-T-A Sports One. And that's where you can find me. That's what I'm talking about, Mark. Yeah, man. Uh, you look, uh, you know, hopefully maybe when this whole thing is over, we can, you know, get together and cook something. I'll cook something for for you. You know, we'll go out to eat somewhere. You know, be my pleasure. I would Let's love do that. it, man. Yeah, I'd love Let's to take it. you. I'll take you to some secret spots, man, and, and uh, show you some really good food that I guarantee you haven't eaten here in Austin. All right, man. I'm down. <laughs> awesome man. My arm. <laughs> with food it works for me so you know uh well good mark uh, again look my best to you and your family um during this time hope everything's you know good for you guys and again thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and and our listeners and viewers they're gonna be so excited uh to you know to hear all this about you man so thank you again awesome man we'll do it again All right, I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at patrick at texasrealfood.com. And don't forget, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts, you'll you'll find us on there. Or you can just go to our website, go to the lonestarplate.com. And you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. You know, we video these now, you know, on a little webcam here and go to the Texas Real Food YouTube channel and you can find it there. Make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, and if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. You know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would really help us out. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, without you guys, we you know, what's the point of doing this? So if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands.